What is freedom? Freedom of speech. At this point, free speech is nothing more than a nuisance. Freedom of worship. Wake up, Christian America. You are being mocked. Freedom from what? We would actually go in Walmart and clean ourselves up before we go to Yeah, school. in the bathroom. Save some money. Freedom from fear. I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. All this week, with you and with some very interesting guests, we've been examining the legacy and the state of President Roosevelt's 1941 Four Freedoms. In the future days that we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. The third, freedom from want. The fourth is freedom from fear. You hear how he says everywhere in the world, President Roosevelt was articulating a mission for the United States globally. And we've spoken to a Japanese-American about her particular freedom from fear, a Catholic priest about his notion of freedom from want in our time, an openly gay African-American journalist about freedom of speech. We've heard from you who've been a part of the conversation. And you've told us that in our time, the four freedoms have evolved to be in conflict in certain ways, especially freedom of worship and freedom of speech and expression. This is Holly from Portland, Oregon. Religion has infringed on my life because of my sexual orientation. My own religion has not been curtailed, but I'm a member of a Christian denomination, which is considered normal in our country. Some of us forget that our freedoms should apply to everyone, and to try to pick and choose who is protected is dangerous and un-American and unpatriotic. These have been fought for, and our citizens have died for these freedoms. Don't abridge them. Passionate voices. A lot of you think of fear as fear of what the government can do to restrict us from Missouri. Freedom from fear embodies the idea that as Americans, we should not have to fear the unknown or anything else. I believe it is the freedom we should strive for most because it makes our society more open and welcoming. And without the freedom from want, life in poverty can be a prison without any rights. My name is Becky. I'm calling from Minneapolis. I've been poor as a child and as an adult. Growing up, there were times we didn't have electricity or food for extended periods. My mom relied on us getting fed at school, and by our great-aunt, sometimes the water would get turned off, and we'd take showers at friends' houses or sheepishly ask our aunts. Our dad would purposely withhold child support to spite our mom. And my sister and I will now be taking the recent proceeds from selling his house to help pay for our mom's medical care. This is Walter from Ithaca, New York. I have a real concern about uh, free speech, what appears to be a growing trend on college campuses to prohibit speakers who may have a view that conflicts with uh, someone else's view on the campus or maybe upset them. But it is important to have all views be heard, and I think that's a very unfortunate trend. Again, the idea that these freedoms are in conflict in some way. Here's Tony Acosta of Provo, Utah on Anchor, who's worried about the freedom to innovate in an increasingly restricted economy. First of all, the freedom that I'm most grateful for is the freedom to be able to build something. As an entrepreneur living in a country that doesn't tell me what I can and can't do, 
and gives me the freedom to build uh, upon my passion is probably something that I'm super grateful for. As far as a freedom that is in danger, for me, it's freedom of religion, just because I feel like in today's day, uh, a lot of those beliefs are no longer respected. Freedom hangs like heaven over everyone. Ain't nobody knows what a newborn holds, but it's proper than a high-shaking grizzle and shaking like Today we're going to conclude our look at FDR's four freedoms, though, with a look at how much religious freedom seems to be in conflict with other rights. It's something you've talked about. Hello, John. This is John Coughlin from Honolulu, Hawaii. And the freedom I cherish most is the freedom from the tyranny of religion. My name is Kate. I'm calling from Harrisonburg, Virginia. I had to wait two days here in Virginia for a wanted and well-thought-out abortion due to the religious beliefs of others. These are beliefs the New Testament doesn't even state. My name is Pax. I live in Augusta, Georgia. And a lot of communal events that happen here are based on congregations or just religion in general. I believe that freedom of religion should include freedom from religion. It's certainly likely that Roosevelt didn't foresee any of these complications when he slowly and deliberately dictated his now famous speech on the four freedoms to advisor Sam Rosenman back in January of 1941, even though he insisted that the freedoms were a fundamental right of all the world's citizens. And yet, if FDR had no way of knowing how America's makeup would change between his time and ours, his bold vision for the freedom of every person to worship God in his own way is one that resonates deeply with Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Daoud Agberi of the U.S. Army. He's a Ghanaian immigrant and a Muslim chaplain in the Army. Uh, You are really talking about a fundamental issue uh, in people's lives. For most people, it is the religion that informs their values, that informs their their worldview. So their decisions and actions are informed by these uh, values they get from their uh, their faith tradition. Uh, so it is very very important for us also in the military that our soldiers uh, who are putting their life on the line uh, have the right to exercise this freedom. Uh, and that is the very essence of uh, the chaplaincy that we talk about uh, in the military. Our goal and our mission is to ensure that soldiers who fight for our many freedoms also exercise and enjoy the very freedom they fight for other people, and, uh, and religion is one, one of those. As a Muslim chaplain, um, I have found myself actually in even some situation where I'm the only Muslim in the unit, and yet I'm able to share uh, with other soldiers this very freedom uh, that we cherish so much. Chaplain Agberi has dedicated the last 20 years or so of his life to helping American soldiers of all religious traditions exercise their right to freedom of worship. Muslims were not envisioned as part of that freedom to worship in the U.S. military in Roosevelt's time in 1941, and yet that is a core value in the U.S. military today. Coming up, more of our conversation with Chaplain Agberi. That's next on The Takeaway. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt outlined the four freedoms that America would fight for back in 1941 as the president prepared this country for an expected entrance into World War II. There was much freedom to be fought for yet in America's struggle to make good on all of its promises from 1776. Today we hear from Muslim chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Daoud Agberi of the U.S. Army. 
A promise fulfilled, freedom of worship in his 20-year career has been fulfilled in the army. And here he is to talk about it. In 1941, Islam may not have actually crossed the mind of the president. But today, just like other minority faith groups, uh, today Islam is front and center uh, in our discussions in this country. So as a Muslim chaplain, if I find myself being a Muslim chaplain within a community, that probably will consider me as a minority. It speaks a lot about this, uh, the mm -hmm. greatness of, of, of this country, a country where everyone can belong. Everyone can feel that they are part and parcel of the fabric uh, of their society. So yes, I'm walking out there and I may be the only Muslim, but I can identify with the soldiers what their mission is, and they can identify with me as one of them who really is there for them. Has a Muslim or even a Christian uh, soldier come to you ever in the course of your work during these conflicts in the Middle East and said, sometimes I feel the United States is against Islam. Sometimes I feel the United States is intolerant of Islam. Or has a, a Christian said, sometimes I feel as though Islam is the enemy of uh, the United States. How have you dealt with those things? So uh, soldiers uh, have their own feelings. And often it's not that they are really questioning as much as they are exploring but yes, people do have struggles, and they will come and they want to figure out, you know, what is going on. Can you help me understand all of these issues you are facing? So, but when you lay it down and, and, and you are able to explain to them what the differences are, what the challenges are, what are the causes, and often they will end up realizing, even though religion seems to be the root of a lot of these challenges, then they come to realize, actually, religion is just a foil uh, for all of what is happening. But at the root of it are a lot of issues, whether it's uh, cultural issues, whether it's tribal issues, whether they're political, or even basically economic issues. But religion is a very strong force to use to rally people. So those are the things you explain to soldiers, and then they begin to see the big picture and begin to understand that, yes, we may be talking about religion, but there is more to what uh, we are talking uh, than what is really happening on the ground. How does your experience here in the United States differ from where you grew up? So that is a very interesting question because I grew up uh, in Ghana, West Africa, where actually uh, your, the tribe is what really drives a lot of uh, uh, issues. And uh, within your household, uh, you can have... Some of your families are Muslims, some of the families are Christians, or even uh, traditional African religion. Uh, so, you know, it's so surprising you come to, the, you come to America and just uh, the crescent on your uniform means a lot. But the unique things about America is the, the fact that everybody can belong. Everybody can belong. So, I mean, I go to places... And if they get to know that I'm a, I'm a chaplain in the U.S. Army, I mean, even the very idea that somebody from Ghana, West Africa, uh, with this big accent uh, will be a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army, it surprises people. And I have been in this army now for about 17 years, and I have had nothing but to be grateful. I have had soldiers who will not even talk to, uh, you know, they know I'm a Muslim, and they will not talk to a Christian chaplain because I am their chaplain. So as a Muslim cleric, the emphasis is on scholarship. But in the army, that's where you learned pastoral care? 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, as, as, a, as, uh, as a Muslim cleric, uh, as a Muslim chaplain, uh, most of my education uh, is more about scholarship. What does the Quran say? What does uh, the tradition say? The army is not employing me to tell soldiers, you know, this is wrong. The army is employing me to find a solution to what I think is wrong. And that is the difference. That is where pastoral care comes in. I can stand out there and say, hey, adultery is not good. Infidelity is not good. But infidelity may be a disease. You have diagnosed it. What is the solution to it? That is where uh, the chaplain comes in. How can we help that soldier to overcome uh, suicidal thoughts? How can we help that soldier to overcome financial challenges? How can we make that soldier a good husband, a good wife? And that is the challenge that the army throws at you. But as I said, the army will help train you, but you also then find from that training what you can use in addition to your faith tradition to become uh, a better caregiver. So you're a caregiver, and uh, you're one of the very few Muslims in the U.S. military, and uh, you're also an immigrant, and your understanding of uh, American freedoms is uh, not the same as my understanding. But I'm wondering if as a chaplain in the army and as a Muslim chaplain in the army, that you find yourself as someone who's out there not only protecting the soldiers, but protecting that freedom of worship that Roosevelt talked about 75 years ago. One thing people don't realize, if you go out there and fight and stand with that soldier for their religious freedom, you are actually standing for your own religious freedom. Mm. Because once that soldier loses their freedom, you are going to lose yours. So we are working and, 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 and fighting for the right of soldiers to exercise the freedom that this country has guaranteed them. And in doing so, we are actually fighting for our own freedom. This is a very unique country when it comes to uh, a lot of these freedoms. I can, I can absolutely tell you uh, there are Muslims in this country who really enjoy being Muslims in this country than maybe from where they came from. Absolutely. They have the freedom here to be uh, better Muslims because nobody is forcing it on them. Nobody is imposing it on them. They are doing it because they think it's the right thing to do. They are doing it out, uh, out of their own conscience. Whereas uh, where they came from, uh, they are likely doing it because somebody is forcing them to do it. And, and I think uh, the beauty of faith, the beauty of religion is when you practice it because it is what you believe in. It's not what somebody thinks you have to do. So 75 years after Roosevelt's speech enumerating the freedom to worship, that freedom, you believe, is alive and well. Absolutely, regardless of what others want us to believe. And actually here at the Pentagon, where I am currently, the Pentagon chaplain is where uh, we meet every Friday for our uh, Friday services. That is where the Jewish community meets the same building. You have Muslims praying in that building. Uh, You have the Jewish praying in that same uh, building, and you have the Christians also praying in this same chapel. One chapel is accommodating all of us, and everybody have their time allotted to them for their service. Well, Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Daoud Agberi, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for the opportunity.